Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the first episode of the Middle Age Gaming Podcast for 2023. Happy New Year from everyone here. Happy New Year from Phil as well, who we might be seeing at some point in the future. So I hope you guys enjoyed the last episode where we talked about our favorite games for 2022, what we're looking forward to 2023. Let us know what you think about it or dislike it. And as always, before we even continue listening to this podcast or watching the live stream, please subscribe and hit that bell notification icon on YouTube. Subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And today's show, we're just catching up. We're seeing what we've been playing. It has been the holiday period, right? I was going to talk about plans and expectations and ideas for middle-aged gaming going forward into 2023. And we'll see what else we have time for towards the end of today's show. But I figure we should start off with Adam first, since you guys have all been watching Adam playing Frozen Flame. So just talk about okay so yes i've been playing frozen flame and i'm enjoying it pretty a lot so yeah i was originally going to be playing i was thinking i was going to be playing final fantasy 7 crisis core reunion but um that's a long story so i still don't have that i am playing frozen flame which is fine because they actually had the update at towards the end of december so this is the first real update and it's basically added a whole new zone so i've gotten through that i've I'm opened a second character, so I'm playing a second character now. So I'm experimenting with some different build stuff and trying some different things and whatnot. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I'm definitely getting to the point where it's very similar to what Korean was saying with the the time constraints, like how you're saying, like V Rising slows down. That's definitely happened. For instance, on my one character, I found a light sword and then later on found a heavy sword. I had some weapons that I could be taking out these bosses with because some of the bosses, they're a bit tanky. They can take quite a few hits. And I was even shooting them with an arrow, with a bow and arrow of the current, the previous build that I had, which was bone. And I could get, I could kill the guy, but it would take up like 90% of the, what do you call it? The res the resilience or whatever of the uh, uh, durability. The durability. It would take up 90% of the durability, just this one guy. And he's surrounded by all these other smaller dudes too. So the fact that was happening, I was like, oh my God, this is, this guy's not going down. So with the bone sword, it's a little bit better. It's a little more durable, but it still takes a really long time. And then when I found the light and when I found the metal sword, then it was more of a reasonable, okay, this makes sense. So on my second character, d didn't find those things because I thought that there were set boxes where you would get set items, but apparently it's randomized where it'll give you an item of a certain but it's not guaranteed because on my one character, I originally found a chest plate and then went to another box and found leggings. And then on the other character, I found two sets of leggings. So my second character never found those weapons. So I'm still running around with bone weapons. But the problem is if I want to make a metal sword, I need 12 iron ingots. And to make an iron ingot, you have to gather all your resources, but it takes eight minutes to forge one ingot. And so what'll happen is it will- Eight minutes them. real time? Real Eight minutes real time. Damn. And then you have to queue it. Eight minutes, that's what, a hundred and, oh no, sorry, that's 96 minutes. So it's an hour and a half of just waiting so that I can get one resource for this one sword that I need just to be at level. I'm hoping that they lower those queue times or allow you to maybe make more than one at a time. You can queue them. So you can even queue like different types. So you can queue stone and you can queue iron and you can queue mithril. And when it's done with the stone, then it'll start working on the iron. 
and it'll drop them into a little pouch on top of the forge so you can just walk away and come back and you'll have a three stone and two iron or whatever. But uh, it does significantly slow down the game, especially when early on you really only need base materials. You just need bone and you just need to go out, kill some guys and farm for that bone to get it. Or if you need some wood, you can just walk up to a wooden thing and just chunk, 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 just churn out wood really quickly. So the fact that, yeah, it's just basically hit a wall of time and now it's just a waiting game. I'm going around building up the house and doing those sort of things while I'm waiting for these iron to forge themselves out. Potions are a little bit better. They're a little bit faster, but uh, they still take some time. So I've definitely built like three different potion things so I can have three going at once, like what you were saying with building the two brick builders. But to do that with a forge is takes a bit of time because you need a, you need some sort, you need some resources that you can only get from killing bosses. So basically have to farm bosses to be able to do that. So it definitely has slowed down quite a bit, but I'm still having a lot of fun and I'm still discovering some new things. There's a lot of explore, exploration to do. I just recently discovered a new quest giver guy that I just happened to not see before. So yeah, that's basically my current experience with the game. Very cool. It's It sounds interesting and like, how's the like the house building and stuff going? Cause I was watching the trailer, I'm like, oh yeah, the house building looks pretty cool. Is it a, like how you, are you enjoying that part of the game? Oh yeah, I'm really enjoying the house building part. Cause I always enjoy that kind of stuff. I in the Sims and stuff, I always enjoy building the house. So I'm really enjoying building the house and seeing what I can get away with. They have a mechanic for the building where each thing that you put down has a level of support and when and then each one off of that will have a slightly lower level of support and if you can connect things to multiple things then they can add up their support but the bigger you build your structure or the further away you build it from a ground platform then the eventually you can't so you can't build it infinitely high or you couldn't build a bridge that's infinitely long you do have to you do have to plan around and have things supporting each other and that sort of thing so I am really enjoying that, and I'm right now I'm experimenting with what I can get away with and what I can't get away with in terms of building houses that hang off of cliffs. Or what I did was I in my second save I have a house and it's on a cliff, and then I built the house a little bit further, and then there's a a staircase that goes down, and so there's multiple levels that basically it cascades down the cliff. So I'm kind of having fun with that, and it's relatively easy to do. The only thing is if you look at the video, the roofing. And the windows, especially, require something called nibbler leather. And that only drops off of monsters called nibblers, which if you kill one, you only get one leather. Uh, enemies in the next level will occasionally drop some, but it's not guaranteed. So basically, that's the one thing that you either, if you're going after nibblers, there aren't that many, so it's a slow go. Otherwise, you can farm cursed in the next level, but then it's not a guaranteed drop. So sometimes you'll have a ton of it and sometimes you won't have a lot of it. So if you're trying to build things like the roofing, then basically my house is just open-ended on the top currently because I don't have enough materials for the roof. And all my windows are missing because that requires three nibbler leather to build a window. So I could build three units of roof or I could build one window. Yeah. But uh, having a lot of fun with the building part, I'm really enjoying that. And they also have a mechanic where it deteriorates over time. So you do have to keep repairing it if you are on i think the easiest or the medium setting i don't think it will fully destroy i think it'll get like to a certain point and then it'll stop deteriorating but if you're on the highest difficulty yeah you could if you don't maintain your house and you go away for too long 
and just don't pay attention to it, you could come back and it could be collapsed. Very cool. Sounds interesting. Antoine, any questions? Yeah, like it really sounds like my time at Porsche and Rocket time delay and stuff, but in these games, you can build three, four, five forges. You can't do that in Frozen Flame because that would be the answer to keep the same waiting time, but duplicate. You can. It's just the amount of resources to build. I haven't had enough resources to build a second forge yet. Okay, fair enough. I think that's the same thing I'm, we're doing in V-Rising, me and Hans was like, because it's just the way you produce bricks in order for the next tier of building in V-Rising is you just have this one thing that produces one brick like every 10 or 20 seconds and you need hundreds of probably thousands of bricks to, to get to the next tier. So you just ended up building a second brick making machine and a second wood making machine. Uh, I think we played on Monday or Sunday and because that's the only way others oh, just going to take too long. Yeah, just quick a quick question. At the end of the trailer, we see some kind of giant smashing your house. Can you use a house that you painstakingly made? Can you lose it like this? He's not actually smashing your house. What that actually is, that's one of the bosses and he's actually surrounded by a scaffolding and he's breaking out of that <laughs> scaffolding. That's not actually a house. Um, okay, I, you, I guess you could build a house in that zone, but it probably wouldn't be recommended because it's just basically a boss arena. But yeah, I, I, he could probably smash through your house if you really wanted to, though. <laughs> but it'd be on you if you built your house in that area. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Antoine's Total Warhammer 3. Yeah, Total War Warhammer 3. Of course, I played 1 and 2. I really enjoyed it. And 3 is, again, exactly the same. You're playing chess pieces with 150 NPCs, and it's absolutely fantastic. In this one, you are playing. So I'm start, I am started the campaign with a recommended faction, which is Grand Cathay, which is basically China. You are defending the Grand Bastion, which is a great wall of China. Against, you don't fight against Mongols, but rather the Chaos Waste. So chaotic legions of Nurgle and Slanesh and Korn and all these guys. And it's really cool. As usual, it's the... the the start is tough going because you don't have many resources. You only have one army rather weak. So you have to try to secure your provinces. You have to secure a bit of territory to make some money to slowly get more army, better equipped and stuff like this. While all of your enemies are doing the same. You start the campaign, there's about 150 factions. I'm about mid-campaign, there's a reduced to 36. So between the factions which get wiped out or you can do a confederation when like Grand Cathay is, I think there must be like maybe between five and 10 different factions in Grand Cathay. And uh, when you really overpower your neighbor, they just join you. So they disappear without being destroyed really. So it's really cool. Right now we are uh, with my neighbor from Grand Cathay. There's only two main forces there. So we are slowly destroying the orcs going down to the green skins to the orcs territory. It's really fun. I really love it. Campaign is is really cool. It's really different from one and two. In here, you have to try to rescue kind of a Russian bear god who has been imprisoned and he has been imprisoned and he's slowly bleeding, so he's gonna die. And you have to reach him and free him before he's dead. So it's on a timer, as usual. All the campaigns are on timer, which is a big difference. With yeah, that's just the campaign part. After you can just play the Immortal Empire which regroups a map of one, two, and three, if you have the three on the same platform. It has to be on the same platform. Be careful on that. Which means that you have three times the map that you have on the campaign with three times the number of factions. So you have 
I don't know, three, four hundred, five hundred factions. Oh I didn't gosh. start yet, but that's massive and that's extremely fun. Do you remember board game risk? It's a bit like this, but even more fun. Yeah, the Grand Cat is a really good faction to play. There's only one mechanic which makes it that it won't be my main faction. As it is China, you have to balance yin and yang. When it's balanced, it brings a lot of good buff for your faction. When it's imbalanced, it does not. And everything brings balance or imbalance. Like you recruit an army, certain type of unit, in certain type, Ayang. Buildings in your cities, some Ayang, some Ayang. Even research, even research, some are young research, some Ayang. And some, uh, for some reason, I'm always uh, overdoing Yang. So all my research is Yin. It's a pain because there's some real research i really want on the young side especially on the economic front because really money is the nerve of the war here more money means more armies means you crush your neighbor <laughs> so the yin the, this balance part honestly for me on the grand cate part that's a ton of that's a shame but i can still try the i didn't try the ogre kingdom because the dlc faction so I would have to pay an extra, what, 15 or 20 dollars if I want them. So I didn't try them yet because uh, they have very mixed reviews on it. And mixed reviews, I believe, are because you have to pay for them. The faction which should have been in from the start. If you haven't played Warhammer 3 and you don't plan to play for a while, wait a while because you'll have this package where all the DLC factions are included in it. So here I just took it because it was Boxing Day and it was like 25 or 30% off and I, when I did I really wanted it. I really wanted it so that was my own Christmas gift to myself. So fantastic. Honestly, uh, Total War usually great but this Warhammer one, bravo. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Anton, what platform are you playing this on? Our PC. Okay, and uh, how's it running on your PC? Are really good because it's not cyberpunk and you don't need to have a great level of design of of oh, I don't know like resolution it's really a strategy game a tactic game okay because usually these kind of games right because you have so many units on the screen they usually struggle but you haven't had any frame they are not on the screen the map is massive like the map is really big just on the campaign side can't even imagine immortal empire so it's just the computer running a calculation for 350, or in this case, like a hundred, maybe let's say three quarter of them are just a calculation. You see the, each time you pass a turn, one to 150 is going very fast. The only unit that you will see moving as a one close to you, the rest is covered in a fog of war. So you don't see what happens in the rest of the world, unless you have a unit over there. But don't, aren't they real-time battles? Like when you fight somebody, like you control... You can, but you don't need to. They're... So you don't do that? That really depends. It's really like chess. Most of the battles you have to find... A... It's the art of war. Uh, I remember the bad name. Try to fight when the enemy is away. So each time you fight when and you are overly... Way more powerful than your enemy. No, you can see if it's, it's going to be a decisive win. And that means that you crush your enemy and you won't even lose any unit. Or is it going to be a close victory, a pyrrhic victory, a very close defeat or something like this? Then you take control of your unit and you, you put your unit wherever you want to try to win the battle yourself. But three quarters of the time, you try to avoid battles which are like this. Because again, 
rebuilding your army is, is extremely costly and you don't want that. And especially on the Grand Cate side, means you have to rebalance all your yin and yang. You don't want that. So really you're trying to win, to crush an enemy. Even if you bring two or three armies at once on the same city or the same enemy, just to make sure you have a decisive victory rather than a close battle. So in the beginning of the beginning of the campaign, of the beginning of the game where everybody is really starting on the same foot, yes, you will need to take care of the battle yourself because it's quite hard to get a decisive victory at this time. But the more you advance, the more powerful you get, the more army you get, then you can lure an enemy away from a city, take two other armies, take his city, and then attack this guy with three armies. This strategy is so right now, I'm, it's rare that I'm actually controlling my armies just for the main quest story. In the main quest battle, oof, they're hard. Uh, they're really tough. You need to control them and uh, even controlling them. Yeah, it's quite... So the game is very generous. I don't recall this on a one and two, but when you lose a battle or you're not satisfied with the result, you can replay at the end. You can replay the whole battle. Some battles last one hour. <laughs> so you really want to replay it? Okay, fair enough, but take your time. So, and this is a kind of game... The reason I asked you the previous question was because my brother is a big Total War fan and he's played a lot of them. But like, I remember we tried this like last year just to try a co-op version of Total Warhammer 2. And like, we were all controlling a different army on the battlefield fighting one computer. And there were, must have been like 500 units or more than that, like 2,000 people on the screen. And it was, it was not running great. That's how I was asking is what's the performance like? No, I agree. It's usually a battle of, because you have 20 units and each unit, some units are like, one big guy in the middle, but most units are battalions. Yes. Of 20, 30, I don't know, like 50 people. So yes, you can have battles of 2,000 versus 2,000, even more if there's reinforcing armies. Like as I said, three armies against two armies, you quickly go to 10,000 people on the screen. I don't know. I have a, as I said before, I have a 1660 super. Are you trying fine? Nice. Really? That's good to hear as well. So that means they have... After how many Total War games they've learned to optimize the number of units on screen, not like... I, I never had issue even with more than two, to be honest. That's good. That's good. Playing on Steam. Maybe the Steam. Uh, I think it's, they've just optimized it from back in the day when this used to cause issues. Or so like StarCraft, when you'd play like seven people and everyone hit the max unit cap and it was like 1,400 units on the screen at the same time. I never played multiplayer. I never played with other people. So maybe that's the issue. Could I be just that play. Yeah. Uh, I just play PvE. Okay. Adam, any thoughts or questions about Total Warhammer? No, I've, I haven't played a, war, a Total War game since I think, what was it? Total War Rome, was it? Oh, okay. That's been a long time since I've played one of these games. I probably should yeah. go back and get it. If I remember correctly, though, like back then, there's no city building in it. I don't remember in Rome, was there? I don't think so. Yeah, Wait, you said so there's city capture, building in this one? Yes and no, it's because you capture cities. And then you have to build your stuff inside. You don't see the building actually happen. It's just the slots. In slot one, I want some rampart and put a garrison on top of it. I want some money-making tea parlor. Or in this specific part of the map, they have gold and they can make bracelets with it. So that will be an industry that you can use for trade because trade is super important to make money again. The only problem I have with Total War, I mentioned the DLCs. The hell... They make money out of that. 
you have no idea. Like I had to pay five dollars to have gore on my game because the, the base game has no blood. If you want blood, you have to buy blood for the blood god or something. This DLC, five dollars each game. I bought the three with three times the stuff. Fifteen dollars on top of it. Come on, please, just put a setting saying yes or no. I know you want to make money, but that's ridiculous at this time. I feel a lot of Warhammer games do that. Like I remember Warhammer Inquisitor, they have this skin and that skin and this extra DLC and this and this like DLCs for Warhammer games because everyone loves like the different art. And I agree, but that's not just if it's just aesthetics, okay. But here, yeah, the blood really, is crazy. I would say factions. I'm pissed that it's not on the best game, but Civilization is doing it. All of the scenes, scenes, whatever. So, okay, I'll accept it. Even if it's really pissing me off, I'll accept it. But $5 on top of it, just so you can have blood on your tiny pixels. It's not a PS5 game with high resolution. And it's not like Mortal Kombat where you can see a big fatality. It's just, you don't see anything really. Even with blood on. Ah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I think I'll only talk about one of the games that we're playing. I want to talk about Eternal Threads, which I started playing already actually and i'll talk about that over the holiday period i was actually supposed to be playing on my switch and i installed this at one point i don't remember why i'm, I'm a big fan of time travel and time travel games and time travel in movies and tv shows and stuff so this game is really cool it is actually it's very interesting because on sky and Cinemax, they did a cooperative TV show that came out last year in December called The Lazarus Project. And basically it's the English have invented, not the English, somebody invented time travel and this organization called The Lazarus Project, which goes back and stops bad events from happening. This is another thing where you are part of this organization and you go back and you stop this event from happening. And in this event, and imagine there's other stories, but in this story, six people die in a house fire and your goal is to stop it from happening and there are something like 174 events right and if you can imagine the idea of causality all the stuff if you're like a quantum like a string theory nerd something like that is this causes this because this to happen right so you start off from event zero and you can't skip to the end right you have to do these all in order but once you finish watching them you can go back and change things and there are decision points along the way that you can influence and say, okay, if I do this, then this causes this potential event to happen. And then it just like expands after that. So I think I put six hours in and towards the end of the game, I managed to save four out of the six people, which of course does not mean you finish the game. You're supposed to save all six. And I'm like, screw it. I have no idea how to save the other two people. So I'm like, you for a live, the other two die. I'm sorry, forgive me, delete the game. But absolutely like fun, kind of like, I was losing a bit of patience towards the end because it is really long. Like each thing you're walking around, like it's the idea of, if you're a Star Trek nerd, you would have saw the idea of tachyons, right? And tachyons are the idea of time particles, like and time particles, like time is everywhere, right? So as you're walking around the house, you can absorb the tachyons and see what event happened. And you can see that in the trailer, right? You're like using a little device, like, okay, in this event happened in this room at this time, and this is the duration of the event. And... So as you're going around, you're piecing together the story. So you're watching 174 clips, something like that. So it's a story and it's a puzzle game as well, because you have to make choices. There are certain places you can't go into in the beginning because you don't have the relevant information. 
but it was like it's definitely not as cool as the game that I played before with the girl. Oh God, Adam knows what I'm talking about. Life is strange. Yes. Ah. Thank God Adam's memory is superior. So I would say Life is Strange is the more interactive game. This is the more thinking game in a sense is that it, there is ideally what I should have done is I should have written this all down on a piece of paper and mapped it all out. Then I could have finished this game properly. But no, I'm too lazy for that. It's not going to happen. But yeah, Life is Strange is definitely the more interactive game. But this is the more puzzle-like, time-nerdy game because it's just so cool. Oh, thank you, Noble Cooper. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. I would highly recommend it if you love time travel games. It is something like if they put out a second game, I would pre-order it immediately. It runs fine. It's not the best looking game. I believe this is like a Unity game. So the textures and stuff are very like 2016, 2017. But yeah, really great story. Really a lot of really interesting themes. And the actual story is set back, is set in 2016. So everything's very from that time. People were still listening to CDs and that sort of stuff back in those days. Like right now, everyone has like a digital audio player where you connect your cell phone and you play music that way. That's This is set in England as well. So this particular, Phil was here. I was like, oh, that would be awesome. Phil could have tell me where this English accent comes from. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I've been playing V Rising, of course, but we'll talk about that later. I've also started playing Nobody Saves the World on the Switch, which is freaking awesome there was the one bad thing that happened to me yesterday but i'll talk about that next week yeah any questions or thoughts gents so how do you interact with the past because it looks like right in the trailer you're in the present but you're able to see past events right so in the past your device allows you to change allows you to change minor decision points but you change the people's decisions yes oh so you got mind control but these are like minor basically you change like a yes to a no pretty much I don't know. That sounds like pretty sketchy technology to me. It's I like the idea of that because it's when you start off in the story, it says you can't change big events. You have to change all these small events. That is the rule of the time corporation or whatever the hell you want to call it. So all these small changes equal to the big thing of saving somebody's life. I don't want to spoil it though because that, that, that will really screw up the story. Yeah, it's yeah, that's how you influence people. It's interesting that way because in the beginning, you make decisions like within the first hour of your first playthrough, right? You're making at least four or five big decisions mm. and you don't see the impact until hour six or hour seven later. And you're like, oh, damn it. But the cool thing is you can go back and say, okay, this one I made a yes. or this one I made a no. This one I said, okay, I'm going to go out tonight. Or this one I'm going to say, I'm going to tell this person this is a secret. And you can go back and say, okay, this is a bad idea. I'm going to change this and this impacts this. And then this makes this person alive. But if this person's alive, this person dies. And but the smaller things in the biggest of ways, exactly. Yes. So, so for, for, is it six, seven hours? Yes, it's about six or seven hours. I would say it's probably a little bit longer because I gave up after saving four people. I'm like, cool. I got the, the idea of this game and I gave up. Yeah. Do you interact with the people in the future? If no. So once everyone survives, the game's over. Like this, I watched the ending on YouTube. It's just the game's over. Oh, okay. So the game just continues until you save all six. Yeah. And this is like a, how much would that be? $10, $15 US game. So this is not like a premium game. This is more like a double A game than a triple A game. On Steam, I guess? On Steam, yes. I, if this is on Switch, I would have preferred to play it on Switch. I like story games on the Switch better than on PC. But yeah, it was interesting. And I think for the last part of today's show, I wanted to talk about ideas, guys. I think we have to talk, go with Adam first as usual. Is Adam, what are your thoughts, mag plans, game plans, final thoughts? I don't really have any final thoughts. I 
would like to maybe spend more time this year doing more video stuff. I've been neglecting my duties there. I'm not going to promise that I'm going to do that because there are often times where I'm like, I'm going to do this. And then I get like to a certain point and I'm just like, nah, I don't really feel like working on that today. And I just end up playing games. <laughs> yeah. Like for example, and part of it's just how long it takes. Like for instance, I still have, when I was playing Dust Divers like what months ago, and I was like, okay, I'm going to make a short for Dust Divers. It's just 60 seconds, but I wanted to make it pretty. So I wanted to have the little splash art for each one because the way they do the style in the game is they kind of have a graffiti look to it for each like point as to why you should play i was doing like a graffiti little splash art title for it and then that was just taking up so much time and then eventually it was like i'm not really playing this game and it's no longer in my mind and it's, it's not fresh in my mind anymore and it just felt like oh, i missed the boat on that one which granted i was already like playing the games eight months after it's released anyway the video would have missed the boat anyway but i do still want to finish that i was planning on doing a frozen flame but how to get you started video and so i typed up the whole script not the whole script most of the script like 90 percent of it and then i was going through and getting the video stuff together and then they came up with the update and the update changed some things then i had to go back to the script and i'm like okay some of those things that i had previously said are no longer necessarily true because it things they but then that was kind of like okay they're updating this game pretty regularly basically it looks like they're going to be doing an update a month so i'm like okay i probably should do a video but at the same time i'm kind of like ah but as soon as i release it i know they're going to change stuff again so i've been dragging my feet on that one that's just my own personal excuses in my head as to not make myself do work and play games instead so <laughs> yeah hopefully i'll finally get some discipline and actually do some videos. <laughs> Anton, what, are you, what about you? What are your thoughts? What would you like to do for the channel? What would you, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts about Mag for 2023? Oh, Anton, you're muted. Sorry, I had a dog barking like crazy. Yeah, so same basically, I really wanted to pick up with the instant lore videos. And especially I played Warhammer. I should Korean before, but if you speak French, I highly recommend you go to see a guy called Freewind. Hasn't done videos in a while. I think he was doing videos when he was a student, but it was very high quality Warhammer 40k fluff. So a lore, like a patri patriarchs and different factions stuff. I'd love to do the same for Warhammer that I'm playing right now, connected to the game. I'd love to do that. I need to find time to do that. <laughs> and so ideally, yes, I want to do some instant lore on this dubbed by Adam as usual because my uh, English voice is not good enough for these videos and Adam has a perfect voice for that. <laughs> yeah, I have my own voice actors that I'm not paying. Sorry for that. Yes, yeah, so ideally I'd like to do that because I have 10 years worth of content and content on this. Yeah, those instant law videos, like I I think after Anton joined us, like that, those are the things I watch all the time on YouTube shorts, right? 60 second instant law videos about the Primarch of the Blood Angels. Or, yes, it's cool, right? Yeah, those are really awesome. And they're so like easy because all it is, there's no active video. It's like some guy went on the internet, scraped a bunch of images, put them on the video and just talked over it for 60 seconds. That's it. Then let me pose this question to you guys. Like, how would you guys, because this is interesting, my, my manager at the company I work for, she's in the camp of high quality videos released less frequently. I'm more of in the camp, you guys probably already know this. Like, I think low quality videos released more frequently will have a greater impact because that's what pe people are looking for content all the time. Like me, who watches Jeez, I, YouTube, and I get reports every week. I spent eight hours on YouTube last week, uh, 
which is actually probably more time than I gamed, which is interesting enough. But that's because also I, I keep YouTube on like in the background when I have a shower, when I'm out of the shower, YouTube is the first thing I turn on because I'm always listening to stuff. So let's go to Anton first. Like Anton, what's your take? Low quality frequency or high quality, less frequent? That really depends on what kind of fan base you are aiming for. Indeed, I'm pretty sure that on YouTube, Facebook and whatever stuff, most people, especially younger people, are just eating content and they don't really care who made the content. I am the exactly opposite of that. On YouTube, I'm watching two or three people because I know that the content they release is qualitative and I'm waiting for their videos and I'm not really watching anything else in between. Because each time they release something, I find it fantastic and I will rewatch it a few times. So <laughs> I'm more on the quality over quantity, but I understand the need of the market, right? My opinion on this won't overtake millions of watchers on YouTube. If YouTube is saying what's working right now is 70 uh, video a day of a very low quality iPhone and uh, ta, 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 and that's it. And I guess that's in, you, you need to answer the demand, right? Sad for me because I really like to have some nice quality content video. But if you work your butt off to make a 15 minutes video and you have four views, ha, why, 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 yeah, yeah, what the hell? Because you have to think long term and build your fan base if you will and that's why take for instance a field video right there are five minutes so it's pre still pretty concise right it's not short but still pretty concise give usually three or four informations into it tips and tricks and it, it worked see he had a fan he had a fan base of people playing this mobile game in particular and these people were coming all the time to watch and re-watch these videos to see how he did stuff or What's his advice and what's his take? So, see, that, that's my thing. Or maybe we, as Phil's video, we aim in the middle instead of having a lot of low quality or one big, nice quality one, you aim for the middle. Medium quality one, once in a while. <laughs> I don't know. That's my take. I don't know how you take it. But... And let's hear Adam's take. Basically, just agree with Antoine. God damn it, Chris. Okay, I'll admit, like, <laughs> I know that people are going to, like what Antoine said, these younger people are going to be watching a lot of shorter videos, and they don't really care who necessarily is making it, but if they see somebody, they'll mark that person, but if that person isn't consistently putting out content, they're going to go somewhere else. In that sense, I think I think low quality, more frequent is the right answer, but it's not the my answer, because I'll definitely watch longer videos. Like you were saying, like, you'll watch 60 seconds on such and such Primark, and for me, I would be like, I've definitely been, and I'll see a YouTube video and I'll say like something like explaining Vulcan or whatever, right? Salamander Primark or whatever. And it's 26 minutes long and I'm like, okay, that's a good length. And I'll sit there and I'll watch it for 26 minutes and then I'll watch another one for 26 minutes and I'll realize later, I've been watching these videos for two hours. Each one is just a sizable, chunky meat of just all these details. And if it was just like a, a 60 second clip of the dude, I'd be like, okay, I don't feel like I really learned much. I learned maybe one thing about the guy. So for me, I like to have like an info dump. That's what I enjoy. So for me personally, I like the longer videos, but I think you're right. I think for the current state of content that short is more popular currently. So now I'm starting to actually rethink, should I even do 
a tips video on frozen flame or should i just do multiple one tip at a time short videos where it's just hey you're looking for this resource this is where you can find it and it's just 20 seconds long and that would actually honestly be a lot easier on me to create so i'm wondering if maybe that's the path that i really should be going in because that i can do relatively quickly so maybe i'll do that and then after i have a certain number of tips i can just compile them into one long video so maybe so while i personally don't enjoy that form factor i do agree that it's probably the better form factor for growth given current trends yeah just to put things into context here i understand that's what youtube wants and all but somehow you need people to subscribe and click on the bell why would they come to your video in particular if you just put 20 seconds of very low quality content? Does that make them think, I really want to see what Millage Gaming has to say on this game? Or say, oh, there's just another random YouTuber put 20 seconds shorts and swap and see the next one. I feel that, yes, you'll have a lot of views on this, but you don't you don't get subscriptions so you don't you don't grab a market share of these people they won't come back to see you in particular because what you're doing doesn't tell them i want to see these dudes i just want to see some dudes and we can do both <laughs> and see what works like a lot of 20 seconds video and one like five minutes video with tips and tricks and compare what brings the most views, what brings the most subscribers, what do we want to do is basically the thing, right? What do we want to do? Where do we want to be at the end of the year? Do we want to have thousands of views or do we want to have thousands of subscribers or can we do both? I don't know. Very much. Like one of the things I did over the holiday period, right, was my manager was like, okay, no big content in, in at, for the last week of December because she's very much of the, of what like a lot of some YouTubers are, which is like, okay, nobody's watching content, right? But then there is another cadre of YouTubers like, okay, none of these guys are making content, so we're going to put our content, which is what I did for my work channel. I'm like, okay, let's do a short every single day for from the, I think from December 24th until the end of the year, I did a short every day. And I picked up subscribers, not a huge amount, but I did one short, not even new content, right? All the old content from like January of 2022, I just like the ones I the clips I didn't cut before I cut up another clip. Yeah, this is an interesting clip. It says something interesting. Cool. And people were subscribing. And to your question, Antoine is shorts people like myself, right? I subscribe to shorts like all the time because I'm like, okay, these people always post this interesting short content, which where I'm not, if I'm not going to sit and watch shorts, like in this chair in front of my big computer, never, not ever. What I am doing is like when I'm in bed, I'm like, okay, I want to watch something fun, something entertaining, get that endorphin hit. I'll watch 20 shorts in like five minutes. That works. And one of the things I did notice, like, especially because Ed and I were teachers before, is all these like students that Ed and I had, oh my God, like this, we're talking about a shift in content consumption, right? All the people, right, who are now in their 20s, right, or who are in their teens, right, 18, 17, who've had a cell phone, right? They're not watching long content anymore. They're the guys who are like on their phones, flick for YouTube short content or TikTok, that sort of stuff. That's where I see the future going is even if we don't shift to it now, everybody will have to shift to shorts in the future for the majority of the population, no matter where you're living from west to east, right? Is because that's what young people like. I don't know. I feel like for me, I, like Adam mentioned, sitting down and watching a 2016 minute YouTube video, God, I would... 
my eyeballs would jump out of my head if I sat down and watched a 26 minute YouTube video now. Just a I, documentary. I <laughs> See, this thing, I didn't watch documentaries. Like, I, I just, I can't sit, like, I, I can play a 26 unit minute YouTube video, but I'll be walking around cleaning my house. I cannot sit and focus. Oh God, no, that would, I'd no, rather pull nails. Has, has ADHD. Yes, it could be that. I just, no, but that's why I can listen to it and I can focus while I'm listening. I just can't sit in a chair and focus. That stuff just drives me absolutely boring. And that's what I've seen is these guys who are doing these long YouTube videos, they're getting these huge amount of views for their videos, but they're down. Their subscriber amount is not increasing because People like, I want to consume content every day and they're not doing it every day. So like a lot of the guys I watch used to watch, right? Five, three years ago, I'm like, I don't want to watch you guys because just doing one video a month or one video a week, which sucks. I need that information now so I can make decisions based on that information. Am I playing Hearthstone today? Am I buying this stock? Am I doing this in crypto? Is this the newest algorithm for YouTube? All that sort of stuff has to happen on a daily basis, which is my thought on that matter. Okay. All right. Since we do have a little bit, how much time do we have? We have six minutes. Six minutes. So we can do this quickly. All right. Final thoughts about gaming this year. I will go first. I want to pre-order some stuff this year. Like I saw Hades 2 is coming out on the Switch. Guaranteed to pre-order that. I think that is my only final thought. It's like, I want to pre-order that. I'm going to pre-order Space Marine 2 as well, because Space Marine 1 was awesome. As much as Antoine doesn't say pre-order, but I just want to, I want to get these two things pre-ordered. For some reason, this is what I told myself when I was writing the script for this episode. And what about you? Final thoughts for today. I'm going to be playing a lot of Square Enix this year. I've got Crisis Core and Rebirth and Forspoken all in the pipeline. So, Very cool. And did you, you manage to get rid of your other... I did. I did. Nicole Buttix? No. That was, okay, so that was the thing. All right, so this is a bit of a story. My wife got me Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core for Christmas, but she got the Switch version. And everyone keeps saying, how does she do that? And I'm like, she's not a gamer. She doesn't get it. So she said to me, so I said, okay. She's now I got to buy the re the right version. And I was like, well, why don't you just resell it? Because she bought it off of Shopee, which is like an Amazon kind of thing. So I was like, why don't you just resell it? And she said, no, it's just too much of a hassle. Just find somebody. Maybe we can find somebody who wants it. And we can just give it to him. So I said, okay. So then I asked Korean, he didn't really want it. So then I asked another one of our coworkers and she was like, yeah, sure. So then, so I, I gave it to her because my wife said, don't even, it's not worth reselling. It's just too much of a hassle. So I just gave it to her. And then my wife was like, you didn't sell it. And I was like, you said to give it to someone. <laughs> and so now she's like, but now I don't have any money. So then, yeah, my Christmas is gone. <laughs> so now I need to wait for my birthday to get the game. Antoine, what about you? I'm going to play Warhammer 3 for thousand hours i know myself so very likely after that i'm gonna try to find some relaxing short games indie very likely again Frostbokens, more likely a good contender for what i'm gonna do this year the bugdesta game of course starfield thank you yeah so yeah starfield Frostbokens, and likely some small digestible indie game in the middle okay and oh still three minutes and i get to ask another quick question okay we'll go antoine first if you could, okay, if money and time were no object, what is one change you'd like to make for the podcast of YouTube channel? More good quality, very long video content. So, uh, or so how often? Like once a week, once a well, month? If I had absolutely no time issue and I quit my job, I'd love to make one 15 minute video, 10 to 15 minute video every week. That'd be fantastic. 
But I know it's not possible. So <laughs> one uh, 20 seconds video on the, ah! <laughs> every week would be great as well. All right, Adam, what about you? I mean, Money and time. Same boat as Antoine. I, would, I really loved making my Ghost of Tsushima video. I really enjoyed making the PS Vita video. I would love to do more of those. If I had, didn't have to worry about time, if I didn't have to work and I had all the money I needed, that's what I would be spending my time on. Okay. And then with me, uh, <laughs> you guys don't know to say the opposite of what those guys think. <laughs> I would love to do 60 second shorts. Oh, wait, this game was released or by the way, top five games coming out for the PC in February or something like that, that stuff and put it out on TikTok, put it out on YouTube shorts. That would be the ideal goal for me. Cool. Then next week, I don't know what we're going to do next week, but we'll talk about it later. Guys, thank you very much for your time. And everyone, if you've made it through to the end of today's podcast, let us know what you'd like us to do. Let us know what you think. What's your attention span like? Are you like a DHD person like I am? <laughs> Are you a full attention span person like Adam and Antoine? I'm hoping full is going to be here. So maybe he'll be on my side. Otherwise, I feel a bit... Lonely. My group project. I work with Adam, you work with Phil. <laughs> that could totally be a thing. And then make sure you guys tune in at the same time next week. Keep an eye out for YouTube shorts. I might try and do seven shorts this week and see if we can maintain that for 365 shorts. It's not 365. That would be 361 shorts since today's January 4th. And then uh, we will see you guys same time next week and uh, take care. Happy good 2023. <laughs>